So hello, this is Jim Sevier, and I am here today uh, with Ashley Bauer, and she is, I'm going to call you a, a craft beer ambassador, and you're also a certified beer judge. Correct. And we're here at Community Tap uh, off of Stone Avenue, kind of a really cool place that I didn't know existed. It's been here for 10 years. Uh, I will be a repeat offender, and I'm drinking a very nice, chewy, and delicious beer, so hold on a second. Mm. So this is good. Uh, so we're all in a great place right now. So Ashley, tell me something. Help me learn a little bit about what brought you to becoming a certified beer judge and all the associated. You know what? What gets you started? And what? Why? Why beer? Well, it was 2008, and I had just finished my undergraduate degree in business from Limestone College, and I had been in school pretty much my whole life. I had gone mostly part-time, so it took a few more years than most people while I worked a job. And at that point, I was like, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I've got to be working towards something. And so I went to Flying Saucer in Columbia. And if you drink 200 beers, you get your plate on the wall. Oh, nice. And so I worked through that over the course of two years, and I consider that my master's degree <laughs> in beer. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. Now, as a certified beer judge, how many events do you have you done? Um, you have an opportunity to judge every weekend if you wanted to, but around uh, the southeast, we have about 14 events a year that you can judge in. Oh. Um, and I usually do three or four of them. I started that um, in 2009 after I enjoyed drinking the beer at Saucer and wanted to go a little deeper with it. So i got to ask, I mean, what's your favorite beer? Lately, it's lagers. Lagers. I love them all. Yeah. Yeah, the dark lager sports beer. Um, it's a German-style black lager. So, so that's, it's in interesting you say that because that's kind of a – I was hoping you'd say it that way. Like, now my favorite beer is yeah. because your taste evolves and mm -hmm. your likes evolves and you evolve. Yeah. And so should your, your preferences. You know, I, I never used to like Indian food, and now – I'm beginning to appreciate the nuances associated with it. So it's uh, early in my life, it was like, yuck, I can't do it. Um, now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I like every one of the ingredients. So why am I having a big problem with this? So, right. So before lagers, did you, was, was there another one that you, you Oh, yes. Um, uh, initially, I liked all the big beers, the dark, juicy, or chewy, chocolatey imperial oh. stouts um, oh wow and it was funny because i didn't like coffee until i got into beer um, <laughs> and then i found the flavors in good coffee in yeah. beer so it kind of just developed that taste. so nobody can see this right now but you've got a coffee on right. one side of you and a Lacroix on the other <laughs> side of you <laughs> the grapefruit because I, I love the great i hated grapefruit before i like beer yeah. um and the hops is, have a lot of grapefruit character so that so brought me into that all right so one of the things I really also wanted to kind of get an, an understanding from you at is, you know, where where do you want to go? Where are you at now? And where do you want to go? And what do you want to do? Talk about that. Well, I am at a very interesting crossroads in life. I just finished a six-year journey with the company known as Rafa Distributing. They were fantastic. We were a tiny little company um, covering the whole state of South Carolina with only 12 employees, um, pushing the best quality craft beer to all the bars, bottle shops, and restaurants. Um, absolutely phenomenal beer quality craft breweries people I cared about me and I cared about them and it was wonderful but then we sold um, and so then my job came to an end and 
now <laughs> I'm exploring all the options so talking to other distributors talking to breweries talking about starting my own consulting company oh let's talk about that so we met through a common friend that we both have right. and you had mentioned that that you wanted to get into consulting so help me understand what you think that is and what you what you imagine that world to be for you there are many breweries and more on the way. Um, I think there's upwards of 8,000 in this country right now. And a lot of them, um, they know how to make great beer. Um, they kind of have an idea what they should be doing to sell beer, but they're not completely sure. Um, they don't know how to lay out a sales forecast or a, you know, a plan and how to execute the sales strategies. and. Um, just even just trying to decide how much do I need to make and, and what volume do I need to make it to push it so it won't be sitting in the you know tap room or at the bars for too long so all of those things and many many more things oh. um, and people need help with that um, and then there's the quality issue some people people think they have good beer and they have okay beer but they could have better beer ah ooh that's like, but that's like telling somebody that just had a baby, well, it could be a little bit better behaved, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm saying that because we got a baby behind us here right. at the recording. Okay, so let's talk about that, that consulting piece and adding value to breweries that are either starting up or in their first few years of getting off the ground. Right. Maybe not being able to afford somebody full time. Right. Right. So you could be that part time CFOs for rent, CEOs for rent. So you're basically a beer expert for rent. Right. You are actually a beer ambassador for rent. Right. So if you know, let's just imagine that you've been doing it for like a year already doing this. What things would you be looking for in new breweries starting up or maybe even small distributors that are starting up? What is it that you would look for that would be of interest to you as as you promote beer and as you try to move their brands forward? Um, I just want the opportunity to help small businesses grow. Small yeah. businesses have been my passion since the beginning. That's why I got a business degree. And I mean, but if you walked in and, and you know, there's bottles laying all over the place, yeah. I mean, there's got to be some level that you go into and say, okay, I want you to, and maybe, and this is, again, perhaps just another idea for you, is is that sometimes the those those breweries, those distributors, whatever, they're not quite at the point where they could appreciate all of the knowledge and, and experience that you can bring to the table. Right. So just getting that kind of information out to them might be a very interesting way for you to start getting leads and, and that type of stuff. But what I'm really trying to get at is really if somebody listening to this podcast says, wait a minute, I know somebody, they've got a, a brewery that they've started up in Charlotte or wherever, yeah. and they could definitely use you. I want them to understand the connection so that it's just not like uh, people are asking you to come you know tend the bar right no no I, w I want to help them understand how the distribution world works and the best way to sell to bars bottle shops and restaurants um, also want to help them understand how to better position their product um, against other products in the market so that their product can you know it's better product and just showing that off and then you know just forecasting and planning and being able to decide what it is you want to brew when in order to best sell the beer because you'll have a brewery that decides to put out six IPAs in three months and people do want to see the new beer all the time but the best way to sell it is to plan it a little bit more strategically than that. Cool. So in, in traditional business, non-beverage related industries, there's very similar actions and activities that take place. You, 
you want to obviously establish yourself, establish your brand, establish the differentiation that you're bringing in the products that you deliver. Mm-hmm. These are, I take it, these are all the things that you can help them with. Yes. And then once they've started to get some traction in that, you're also assisting them in the marketing and the sales efforts and getting an, an understanding of what and how to grow their business over time. Exactly. Am I getting that right? Exactly. Okay. So how long have you been focused in beer? Like, what's the... I've been passionate about craft beer for, I mean, going on 12 years now. 12 years? Um, I've been in the industry for six. Excellent. Oh, there's a story there somewhere. (laughs) Because... I'm looking at the cross at the table. You're not that old, <laughs> so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna really question that. No, but I think that's kind of that's, you know. So one of the things that I know that companies are looking for when they're trying to bring somebody on board is the commitment to cause, right? Are you doing this because this is something you're you just you do and you can do, or is it something that you're passionate about? Yeah, yeah, that's the first place I look whenever uh, all of this came about. I was like, what do I care about? Why did I get into this? What's my driving force? And it's helping small businesses grow and helping breweries because that's, you know, the ones I've kind of specialize in and I love craft beer. So. so if we're looking at, let's say, three breweries, is there a, a capacity level that makes sense to have you on board with them? You know, what, I- what are those kinds of capacities? What are you looking for in a brewery? that says, okay, this I could do something really unique and interesting and help these guys, these people out enormously because they just fit this this model. What is that? What does that look like? Well, I would say I'm personally accustomed to working with a 30-barrel brew house or less, but it's not that I couldn't assist somebody with a larger size right. capacity. With regards to distribution, if you're not really 15 barrels, it's kind of a minimum to actually make any sort of profitable Oh, really? Reach, yeah, anything below that. I mean, 10 a little bit, but not really. It's, it's more about advertising at that point. Um, I think every brewery has the opportunity to use distribution for advertising, but to actually make an income, you, it's a different beast altogether. So. so is it better for a brewery to actually sell themselves direct to bars than it is to go through distribution? In South Carolina, that's illegal, but in North Carolina, you can do that. Ah, okay. Yeah, in South Carolina, every brewery, regardless, like three six stills, you've got to go through distribution. Wow, it's that's too, interesting. Yeah, but, but in, so- in North Carolina, anybody can do it. Ah, so you've got this capacity level, right? It's, is there, you know, if I'm going to have to say this, and, and you can just laugh at me afterwards. But, I mean, it, if you taste the beer and the beer's really not that good, I mean, is that something that you also really want to, hey, look, there's you're missing, because you're a certified beer judge, right. which means you can pretty much tell elements of the beer that need to be, you know, propped up a little bit, right? Yes. That need to be supported a little bit flavor-wise. So yes. talk about that. I, I can I can taste through your portfolio i can tell you the weaknesses i can tell you kind of what i think might be going on um, i also have a friend that is a lab expert and she can actually run the lab work to diagnose things oh wow right so i mean having that and then i mean i as, as my experience as a home brewer i'm not going to be able to sit there and say exactly what you need to be doing but i can at least point you in the right direction right well that's cool i mean again these are things that you know, you can't see the forest or the trees. I, in my business, the first five years of my business, nobody could tell me whether or not I was going to do anything right or wrong. I was just doing it. Right. But there got to a point where it, where it would have been nice that somebody could have come to me and said, okay, I know what you're doing, but 
you're you're wasting a little effort and energy here, but you could be going and doing something more efficient for you and, and better for you. So I actually like that idea of an offering where you can just basically rent out your taste buds, right? Right, and then and then give them a write up or a report, right? Right, a little formal report on exactly what I think is going on with the beer and awesome. where it could improve. Wow. It's, it's really interesting to learn because when we first met and we first talked, I told you that I'm doing a, an event where I'm actually coaching and talking and cooking at the same time, and I mentioned wine, and you sort of you kind of gave me a face and you go you go well you can do the same thing with beer. Yeah, beer is better to pair with beer than wine. So, and be careful what you say. When I'm you a say that. I'm a little partial, mind you, but, I, I get but you. the carbonation is just, that, but, um, just far superior. It scrubs the palate, and there's way broader flavor profiles in beer than there are in wine. You know what? And and I think I want to do one of these again, and I want to talk about the flavor profiles yeah. in beer. I think that would be really kind of cool to do and give people an understanding of what the types of beers go with what types of, of flavors and profiles inside of food. Definitely. Right? I mean, and again, this is just my you know, neophyte not brought up in the craft beer industry at all and just basically just drinking the beer that was available to whoever, wherever I was. Right. I did eventually find that I liked uh, IPAs. I liked the hop taste and not a big fan of wheat beers. I'm not a big fan of citrusy beers, uh, but I, I, I really love the Belgians, the creamies, all that kind of stuff. I, stouts, mm, I'm, uh, now you say that and if I have a... Um, if I'm cooking uh, spare ribs yeah. or short ribs. Yeah, those are great. And then you, and I can actually cook the stout. I can actually cook the ribs in the stout, and it's amazing. Yeah. So I've actually used some of those chewier beers, I guess, mm-hmm. in, uh, in recipes because they just they bring out the, f- the flavor profile of uh, beef quite, quite they well. S- they certainly so. do. So we're gonna we're gonna definitely do that on a second second recording. So you're gonna have to all stay tuned for that because that's gonna be very cool. Cause and I'm getting excited now because now we're tying beer to food. Yeah. So you know what would you say is perhaps one of the oddest pairings between beer and food? Like I wouldn't expect it. Uh, I mean beer and dessert. I've done all the beer and dessert. Okay, there I've it done is. beer and ice dessert. cream. I've done beer and pie. Beer and cake beer and cookies oh my goodness yes um i used to run a group in columbia called girls pint out we were the ladies beer education and appreciation group and we met twice a month and about uh-huh. once a quarter we do a beer and food pairing event so um beer and ice cream we usually had 60 65 ladies show up to and the beer and pie event in november was about 100 holy cow yeah okay i'm i am i'm smiling from ear to ear that is very cool yeah. uh, you know i, I always say you don't know what you don't even know. I was not even aware of pairing beers with dessert. Yeah. I, mean, I just started understanding pairing scotches with chocolates. Oh, and different yeah, types that, of that's chocolates. delightful. That was, right? And it just didn't, it never really clicked. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm leaving out an entire, an entire grouping of beverages just because I think they're good with pizza or or with something salty. Right. right? <laughs> it's like, no, uh-uh, that's not it at all. A whole flavor spectrum. We did beer and cheese as well and beer and chocolate. All right, so I'm actually, I'm actually going to put that on the menu at one of my events. Is is that because I usually do a cheese at the beginning, mm-hmm. and and, a, and an aperitif with that. So I'm going to talk to you about actually doing that with perhaps a sampling of some uh, craft beer. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, so I'm going to bring you in. 
and again, I'm talking with, with Ashley Bauer, and, and she's the craft beer ambassador. I just gave her that title today. But you also have a nickname. Yes, I've, I've gone by the Beer Fairy for many years now. The Beer Fairy. And yep. I heard the story, and I really want you to tell it again because it's a different word in a different way that you originally got the nickname. So right. tell, tell the whole story. Right. So I had a group of friends, and we would do some podcasting back in the day. We were called Craft Beer Nation. And I had gone out on the river kayaking for the day, and I had um, wandered, stumbled upon some people who had tipped over one of their, uh, I guess, tubes with beer, and it was all over the river. So I kayaked around the river, picking up their beer, and I handed it back to them. And later that evening, when I logged in, I'm like, "Hey guys, I got to play the beer fairy today, <laughs> and help pick up beer, and it was hilarious. They were all singing, and they loved it." <laughs> And they're like, that's what we're going to call you now, but we're going to spell it the other way, Beer Fairy. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I'm actually, I think, I, you can tell me you have passion, but when other people in, kind of rally around your nickname, it's like you can't give yourself a nickname. You, you were ferrying the beer back to these people, and you were doing that. Right. And you were a beer fairy at right. that point. And that was all factual. Right. And then for them to go, oh, wait a minute, that's your name. Yeah. And, and to me, that's that's a true nickname. That is the true nickname. Yeah. Right? I have names that I'd like to think were my nickname, but there weren't. Nobody was ha- giving them to me. They didn't hand it out to me, so I can't really bring them up. So, all right, very cool. Well, let's do this. What else? Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that um, you wanted to talk about today that you wanted to bring forward? Well, I mean, we we didn't talk about. I'm a certified cicerone as well. Ah, okay, thank yeah, you. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. I'm C- sorry. Cicerone is like the sommelier program for beer, and there's four levels, and I'm only level two, so I've I've paid for level three tests. Okay, so, so I'm going to stop it. you right there. Yeah. Don't ever say you're only level two. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can say I haven't yet tried to get my certification, right. but you are a level two. Right, I'm a level two certified. By the way, there's probably a thousand people that are listening to this that have no idea that there was a sort of like a sommelier for uh for beer right 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 and it's just as serious and just as difficult as uh, the level two is a sort of four-hour exam you have to do a, a demonstration you have to do a tasting where they run through 12 different beers and various things that they're looking for on those and then it's a uh, about a two-and-a-half-hour written uh, 180 fill-in-the-blank questions uh, oh, several wow. essays wow it's serious. I can't stuff. even imagine level four. <laughs> it's two days. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and you pretty much need to know what the beer is when they hand it to you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just right. by look and smell? Yeah, and taste. And taste. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that, that, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, crazy and awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you you had said that you that was something that you wanted to get that's a, something you wanted to do yes are you actually going to be going up higher in those in those levels You're yes i paid up? for the level three exam i just needed to do it not ah. be a chicken and like actually take it <laughs> i've got three friends that are level three. Oh. they call that the advanced which is similar to somalia wow wow mm-hmm. okay well good luck just do it yeah. just get it just rip that band-aid off just do it right you know, I, I had in my career went down the road thinking that I wanted to be a psalm, and I got to the point where I realized what my palate was, and I didn't have the complexity in my palate. I would have to develop my palate so that I could identify flavors because, you know, I've, I've been abusing my palate my entire life. Right. 
uh, eating and drinking hot things and doing all kinds of really bad things for my palate. I am appreciating now spicier foods now than I used to in the past, but I think, again, my palate's sort of dulled down and I have to get some additional spiciness in there to, in order. But So I kind of put the psalm aside. I did appreciate the uh, learning uh, the regional varietals, and, and I didn't even try to get into South America or Australia or all over the place. There's, there's so many places growing burn grapes yeah um, and the cool thing is the thing i like to learn when i did i did intro to psalm like two years ago mm-hmm. and everywhere that grapes are grown hops are grown so every time they were talking about a region i was like oh i know that region from hops oh that's interesting <laughs> yeah we were out at a distillery for bourbon in louis lexington no louisville kentucky and they they grow their hops right there on their property right. they have a very they have a strain of, of hop that they use in their in their process that they don't they don't buy it out they they grow it that's great so that's that level of refinement i think though right definitely and hops are just as important for with terroir as grapes are so so um east kent golding is one of my favorite hops if you grow ekgs in england that's where they're from and they're amazing you take them over to america and it's going to be a different hop wow see no idea. There's just more information in you than we can get out of this this podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to break it out. We'll 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 break it out into maybe three or four different things. I definitely want to do the food pairing conversation with you. I think that would be interesting to both the food part of the people that are following me as well as some of the people that are really just kind of, you know, just interested in in learning more about the business associated with with brewing beer right and, and then that's probably the, another one that i'd like to talk it's, about what, it's incredibly what is complex yeah that would be that would be something very interesting i think as well so we'll, we'll try to hit on that too so we'll maybe we'll do three for now and then we'll, we'll see how everything goes and we'll kind of go from there that'll be great all right well thank you ashley i appreciate your time thank you we will see how this recording turns out yeah and thank you very much